0: podcasting from oregon in the beautiful pacific northwest welcome to Eye on global politics sit back relax and get ready to explore some of today's most pressing international issues now here is your host international relations scholar author and founder of the international law education group dr paul fj aranyas
1: welcome In this episode entitled U.S.-NATO nuclear testing human guinea pigs I'm going to discuss a terrible and unresolved injustice perpetrated on innocent people. This story is related to U.S., French, and British nuclear activities which has forever destroyed people's lives. The people who are victims of these nuclear tests live thousands of miles away from the countries whose militaries came to experiment using weapons of mass destruction. Unlike the recent case of George Floyd in which the perpetrator was a single Minneapolis police officer or four individual officers, the perpetrators here are the American, U.S., French and British governments and their militaries. The victims of nuclear tests have endured untold suffering. To give you a sense of the callousness of government officials, in 1969, Henry Kissinger, then US Secretary of State, said about the nuclear testing in the Marshall Islands, There are only 90,000 people out there. Who gives a damn? And indeed, in general, US officials didn't give a damn. The tests were carried out on the so called periphery, but in reality, they are crimes of nuclear colonization that have victimized people of color in remote places. In the words of Joseph Conrad, in his classic work, Heart of Darkness, the horror, the horror. In 1946, after World War II and the horrific bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the U.S. Navy wanted to prove that it was still relevant in the atomic world and so Operation Crossroads tested multiple atomic bombs, dropping them on the Bikini Atoll in the Marshall Islands. Was this land completely desolate, just a strip of sand in the Pacific Ocean? No. It was home to people who loved their peaceful island, their own little paradise home. The U.S. government evacuated the inhabitants off the island, telling them that the island was being used for testing some powerful weapons, atomic weapons. The people didn't know what radioactivity was or what the weapons would do to their home. They also didn't know that they would never return to their atoll, their home. Other places of testing, beside the Marshall Islands, include Polynesia, Algeria, Marilinga, Australia, UK testing, and Christmas Island, later Kiritamati, now part of Kiribati, also UK testing. Tragically local populations were given little to sometimes no consideration. In addition to the crimes against islanders and others, military personnel were also victims exposed to radiation. And in this case, similarities exist between the actions of the U.S. government and the later French testing in Algeria. In the case of the French, declassified evidence and witness testimony appears to show a deliberate attempt to use military personnel as human guinea pigs to test the effects of radiation on human beings to gauge the effects of radioactivity in the case of a nuclear exchange. In the case of the United States in the Pacific, it seems on the surface, especially in Operation Crossroads, to be a situation of general ignorance or incompetence which exposed servicemen to radioactivity. Let me give you an example of what occurred as relates to civilian populations. On March 1, 1954, The United States tested its first lithium-deuteride-fueled thermonuclear bomb, named Bravo. It was dropped on the island of Bikini. It was the equivalent of 17 megatons of TNT, that's 1,300 times the destructive force of the Hiroshima atomic bomb. During previous tests, inhabited atolls of Rongelap and Utrecht, 100 to 300 miles from Bikini, had been evacuated. But this time, there was no evacuation of those atolls. At the time the bomb was dropped, the wind was blowing in the direction of the two atolls, Rongelap and Utrecht, and the islanders that day call it the Day of Two Suns because they witnessed the intense light of the bomb in the west and also the real sun. The military dropped the bomb from a tower of inadequate height, which resulted in a massive amount of coral debris being pushed up into the air from Bikini and carried over to the other islands. The radioactive debris rained down on the people of Rongelap and others like snow. Lemoyo Abon, a teacher and mother, describes her experience of the fallout in A Day of Two Sons, a book written by Jane Diblin. Lemoyo Abon said, I was 14 at the time and my sister was 12 that day our teacher had asked us my sister and i and our two cousins to cook rice for the other children we got up early to do it when we saw the bright light and heard a sound boom we were really scared at the time we had no idea what it was afternoon something powdery fell from the sky only later were we told it was fallout with rocco and several cousins I went to our village on the end of Rongelap Island to gather some sprouted coconuts. One cousin climbed the coconut tree and got something in her eyes. So we sent another one up. The same thing happened to her. When we went home, ours was the main village on Rongelap. it was raining. We saw something on the leaves, something yellow. Our parents asked, what happened to your hair? It looked like we'd rubbed soap powder in it. That night we couldn't sleep. Our skin itched so much. On our feet were burns, as if from hot water. Our hair fell out. We'd look at each other and laugh. You're bald. You look like an old man. But really, we were frightened and sad. I recommend the book Day of Two Sons by Jane Diblin, so you can read for yourselves the in-depth details and first-hand accounts. It is a nightmare story of radioactivity, displacement after displacement, contamination, sickness, heartache, and a basic disregard for human beings by the United States government and military. From the Los Angeles Times, September 2019. So what are you reading? 3.6. The research team went around different islands in the northern atolls to test the background radiation using Geiger counters. In June, the researchers revealed that part of Rongelap Atoll, one of 27 atolls in the Marshall Islands, is as irradiated as some of the most notorious nuclear waste sites on the planet, including Chernobyl and Fukushima. The story is similar in French Polynesia, where the French exposed at least 110,000 people, men, women, and children to radioactivity, destroying parts of the paradisiacal islands so that France could remain a globally relevant power in the aftermath of the collapse of their colonial empire and World War II embarrassment. The French government also did nuclear testing in Algeria. This started under French colonial occupation and continued after Algeria's independence. The tests poisoned native Algerians and French military personnel, but the radioactivity from the atmospheric tests also spread over North Africa and into continental Europe. The story is similar on Christmas Island in Maralinga, Australia, where the British left behind a radioactive wasteland in Aboriginal land. There is a tremendous amount of detail and documentary evidence. This is relevant now for a number of reasons. First of all, People are still suffering, and they have not been compensated or sufficiently compensated, in many cases not even acknowledged as victims of wrongdoing. For example, the Marshallese suffer from various cancers, diabetes, cataracts, unimaginable miscarriages so disturbing that I will spare you the details. General health has also been affected not only by radioactivity, but by the islanders becoming reliant on imported food such as canned fruit with sugar, as well as their displacement and being crowded into an unfamiliar atoll. They are no longer self-sufficient as they had been on their home island. Story after tragic story details human rights abuses of people whose lives were forever changed and turned into a nightmare for the sake of testing weapons of mass destruction. And their suffering continues today. Radioactive waste that was sealed underneath a concrete dome is now in danger of breaking open. The Polynesians are still under French rule, and they have the highest cancer rates in the world. One Tahitian who had been a schoolteacher said, Maybe they thought we were guinea pigs. Why not? The figures for 2008 in Polynesia were 450 new cases of cancer diagnosed every year. 15 times the World Health Organization rate for the world. That's 500 new cancer diagnoses every year in a population of 240,000. By 2020, that number had risen to over 860 new cases per year in a population of 280,000. From Al Jazeera, March 2021.
0: France carried out its first nuclear test in Algeria in 1960 but six years later the operation moved to the South Pacific. 193 tests took place in French Polynesia over three decades up until 1996. A new study claims France has concealed its true impact. Uh, we are now reaching such a turning point in our history in terms of the openness of the information." Researchers along with the French news site Disclose used declassified military documents and testimonies to recreate the impact of a number of the tests calculating around 110,000 people in the overseas territory including in Tahiti were contaminated almost the entire population.
1: Another And the second reason why this is relevant to our current world is it shows you a picture-perfect window of an attitude toward people of color, the weak, the vulnerable, the poor, who are used as tools to achieve the nefarious goals of government. In the eyes of some Western governments, they are viewed as a means to serve the rich and powerful. Thousands of miles from home, these Western governments have committed atrocities on the vulnerable because they think no one is watching. In this episode, we've just scratched the surface of describing the horror inflicted upon the victims of U.S., French, and British nuclear testing. In our next episode, we will discuss the current-day situation as it relates to radioactive waste from past testing, the lack of adequate compensation and reparations, and the implications for Western societies as these injustices continue to go unaddressed in a meaningful way. If you're in a country that has not signed on or ratified the Treaty for the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons, please contact your representative and ask them to support legislation toward that effort. Article 6 of the Treaty of the TPNW deals with victim assistance and environmental remediation.
0: You've been listening to Ion Global Politics with Dr. Paul F.J. Aranyas. If you enjoyed this podcast, we hope you will share our International Law Education Group web address, ileducationgroup.org, with your family, friends, and colleagues. Don't forget to check out ionglobalpolitics.com for future articles and podcasts, and to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We look forward to welcoming you to another episode of Ion Global Politics.